It was a time for strangers. What kind of strangers? Only the queerest of them. And the most pleasant. Coming this summer to a podcast downloading service near you. More action than you can action an action man at. More skits than you even know what to do with. More comedy than anything on Netflix that's been released as a special recently. More news about what two queer trans ladies have been listening to. And watching and playing and all that sort of thing. More silly voices. It's time for Queer and Pleasant Strangers. The movie. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura K. Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magna. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies just chat about our weeks and do silly skits and just have a bit of a giggle while having a catch-up. Because, you know, we don't live life in each other's pockets. Sometimes we experience things that the other haven't. Also, you don't have any pockets big enough to fit me in. No. Also, no one has... Neither of us have pockets. We're women. None of our clothes have pockets. It's a travesty. Why do women's clothes not have pockets? I'm literally wearing dungarees right now with three pockets. Okay, dungarees are the exception. I think it's illegal to make a set of dungarees that don't have a pocket. Oh, I've seen them. You've seen dungarees with no pockets. A dungaree is basically just a big pocket you put your body into. I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, like, <laughs> they made one giant wearable pocket and didn't give it any pockets. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So, how has your week been? Uh, well, I've, I've spent some of it with you, and that's always yeah. the weird bits, so, yeah. yeah it's, we we uh, had, a, had a nice weekend seeing some friends. We had a weekend away, we got to see our friend now, we had a bit of a, a wiggle. Yeah. We had a mini unicorn dance party. It was lovely, yeah. We had a we had a lovely old time. Yeah. Um, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Yeah, so shall we start with what we've been up to this week? Well, that is generally the format of the show. Indeed. How about what we've played? That's usually usually where we start. That's usually where we start. (laughs) We've not played very much this week. No. Um, It's been uh, being outside the house kind of week. It has, and with each other doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, should I start with one that I've played? Yeah, tell us what you've done a play on. Uh, so, I've started playing a game called My Time at Portia, which is like, the best way I can describe it is if you meshed like a Harvest Moon or a Stardew Valley, almost with something like Dragon Quest Builders. Um, so the whole idea is it's uh, it's one of those... Uh, live in a live in a small town. Make friends with all the villagers. Make a make a living doing your stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but rather than most of these, which are about farming, this one's about mining materials to build things with. Um, there's this whole thing. The, the the town that you're in is set basically after a apocalyptic scenario where machines were the downfall of humanity to some regard. I'm not far enough in to know specifics about what happened, but machines machines ruined everything, and now everyone's a bit scared of machines. Like, they have a church that's in... Like, everyone goes to church on Sunday to be like, oh, no, machines are bad. And you are a person living in this town being like, yeah, but can I show you how machines are actually maybe good? Like, bridges. A bridge to that island might be useful. Um, machine, a bridge of machines. So it, it's it's a combination. It starts off with things that are just like construction products, but um, there are these caves you can go into that have 
combat encounters, and if you go into these combat caves, you you can get like electronic parts to build like I don't know, build a car to have in your your, your back of your property or something. But Ooh. yeah, the general idea is it's it's very. It reminded me of Dragon Quest Builders in that sense of go mine resources, build things like. Collecting resources to build things to make people happy because they've requested specific things. Um, it's a slower and less rewarding mining process. Like, you're not going around getting specific blocks. It's walk over to this cave full of blocks and then just keep tapping the thing until you've got enough of the material. Um, I definitely don't recommend the mining and creating part of this game is not good for a, like a, a focused experience. Uh, it's currently only out on PC. It's coming out on Switch in a little bit. I would really recommend like playing on a laptop or a Switch or something, just so you can second screen a, something on the telly while you mine. Um, building also takes a long time as well, which the building taking a long time I think is deliberate. Because um, while construction projects are building, you go talk to all your town people, and it's basically just go get to know all your town you can make friends you can smooch some people um yeah i've i've not played enough of it to know quite how i feel it's it's a little slow in its early mining and building pacing for my liking but the characters you meet are charming enough that it's sort of carried me through it also has a very wind waker-esque art style which is quite nice so my, my I, little ears perked up there. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm interested to play more, but I put maybe six hours in and just decided I'm going to wait until this is on Switch to try it again. Mm. What about you? Have you played anything this week? I've not played a huge amount this week, but I did do a bit of streaming. Uh, uh, the, uh, between the, like, in the in the last week, in, I, the, I, in the between time, in the between times between the episodes <laughs> and another episode when it is dark and cold and all this sadness. Um, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's all right. We're doing good. <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, yeah, I I played some the sexy brutale. Yeah, this is your first time playing it. It is the first time I played Sexy Brutale. It's uh, it's good. How how would you describe it for people who've not played um, it? It's a murder mystery with a time travel mechanic. Mm. Um, so the murder is always going to happen, but can you step in and do something to stop it by working out where it happens, how it happens, what's the murder weapon? Perhaps you can sort of work out a way of getting through, and I get the impression that sometime near the end of the game I'm going to have to save everybody simultaneously rather than going I have saved you and gained whatever power or, or, or uh, like door code or whatever. Mayhaps. Hmm. Mayhaps. And I have a feeling that's going to be a bit of a freaking yeah. nightmare. Have, have you been enjoying it so far? Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. It's, good, it's, it's a good game. It's an interesting little game. There's nothing quite like it, is there? No, I've not, I've not encountered anything like it. It, it may exist. It definitely, like, that was the thing that, that struck me about mm. it, was like, this is just a really interesting take on murder mystery, where it's mm. like, murder's gonna happen. Just like, what can you learn before then? Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm really enjoying like the, the mystery and the sort of following things around, sometimes just hiding in a cupboard for 
like five or ten minutes however long like a a, a round is and then just sort of learning everything from a particular room maybe following a character learning out where they're gonna be yeah it's a lot of like learning people's routines and working out how they fit into the bigger picture of a, a given evening well the other thing is like as you progress like those roots will stay sort of static so you mm. can learn where someone is going to be and and try and work out if you need to follow them yeah uh, how can you solve their mystery exactly but yeah um I'm really enjoying that I've been sort of wanting to go back to it I keep thinking like ah oh, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just uh you know just pop in and and, and do a bit more of that but I, I I would like to continue streaming it so yeah. there will be more strands um and the, my only real problem with it would be the fact that the uh, written text is really quick. Yes, it is. I guess some of that is to do with the fact that you're going to see it again and again and again, and you probably don't want to be stuck there forever. time doesn't pause when you're reading text, I don't think, does you, it? And I think that's why it is, is they're trying to keep pace. Because mm. in an ideal world, it would pause the timer when text is on screen, you press A to go to the next bit of text, and... You know, it would yeah. start the timer again when the text is done. Yeah, or maybe even having like a text focus mode for like the first time you read a bit yeah. of text. But um, as someone who has quite a slow reading speed anyway, I really struggled with it. Yeah, I saw part of your stream the other week and it definitely a couple of times was like, oh, and that text is gone before I could finish. Yeah, it's like, I will voice that character for a laugh. Oh no, I haven't had time to speak the words that were written. So I guess that's a thing. Yeah, I have have the same problem. It's just, it could do with slowing itself down a tad. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, is but, that... uh, yeah, I, I very much enjoy Sexy Brutal and I look forward to doing more of it and I'm glad I paid like three seventy four and got a bundle including that. <laughs> nice work. Nice one, fanatical. Uh, yeah, what about you? What else you do? I think I've only, other play, I've only played one other thing this week, Ooh. which was uh, I went back and re- retried playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh. So I was thinking about this because we started playing the first Mass Effect together. And we do, was but like, we need to finish that. Yeah, we do. Uh, how about an evening this week sometime? If we have a spare evening this week. <laughs> um, well, failing that, I think our Saturday is free, maybe. It looks like it might be. Yeah, but um, yeah, so this got me thinking about Mass Effect again. And I was like, I want to give Andromeda another shot. Because I think part of my problem with it the first time round was that it just it wasn't hitting the beats I was expecting of a Mass Effect game and it just really put me off um, that game still has some problems it's facial animations just don't look quite right um, they try and rush you through a story trying to make you care about people that you've not had time to learn to care about Oops. Um, yeah like the original Mass Effect like introduces you to your crew in that sort of Citadel mission where it's like, ah, oh, and here's what's going on with them, and here's why they're important to your mission. And, and here's this, here's the one that is a, a highly uh, disposable space racist. Yes. Um, but yeah, Andromeda doesn't do that. It just kind of throws you into a crew and goes, okay, they're your crew now, and that's your dad, that's your brother, that person's dead, that person's in a coma, oh, bye. It's, it's not great. But... I I got further into it than I have in a while, and at its core, I kind of like it. Um, it's got some problems. I don't like the vehicle they have in it. It just doesn't move properly. It, any bump it hits, it's just like, nah, can't do it. Um, but I enjoy the shooting. Uh, it's definitely the most refined combat in the Mass Effect series. Mm-hmm. I like the sort of fact that you can sort of jump boost up in the air with a little jetpack, which is quite cool. 
uh, like some of the crew members that you meet along the way that aren't just thrust upon you. And yeah. that sounds very much like Mass Effect. Yeah. Help! I'm thirsty. <laughs> Stop thrusting upon me. Uh, this does something nice that you'd probably appreciate. Oh, good. Um, in conversations, if a dialogue option you pick is going to be one that's like, this will start you down a romance route. Uh, it comes up with a big heart, and it's like, if you pick this one, it's going to start a flirting. Just in brackets, it says thirsty. And it's really easy to pick ones that like you would want to pick, and that will still get you information oh, from good. that character's story, without doing so in a flirty way. Don't get me wrong, sometimes I'm very much in time for, time for flirty, but certainly yeah. during that time playing Mass Effect, I was having one of one of my, my great A days, and yeah. I was just like, I don't want you to do this to me, that's, stop! That's totally fair, but yeah... Andromeda does do a good job of being like, this is the romance option, don't click this unless you want to do a flirt. Um, but yeah, I the other thing I quite enjoyed upon revisiting it was the whole premise is actually kind of interesting. It's, you're part of a big bunch of ships sent out to another galaxy, because basically humanity and all the other species are like, hey, the Milky Way is probably going to get destroyed by... by by Reapers, you, you start, the Reapers are the threat in Mass Effect 1. So you just send, like, tens of thousands of Krogan, Asari... Yeah, they send Arcs uh, to the Andromeda Galaxy. Oh. And when they leave for the Andromeda, it's like a 600-year journey. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, oh yeah, there's like seven or eight habitable planets that look great through our telescope. And they get there... And it's all gone to shit. Yeah. And it's like, hey, what's going on? What's what's gone bad? Turns out most of these planets had been destroyed by the time we got there. <laughs> kind of. It's <laughs> it's basically about going down to these planets and trying to solve problems to make little habitable zones so that hopefully life can start afresh in this Ooh. new galaxy. Spreading terror warming throughout the galaxy. Yeah, it's I like the premise. I I still maintain that it like doesn't do its characterizations so well and I I'm not always a fan of its big open levels. I can get a bit lost in them, but I'm enjoying it more than I did the first time, probably because I my expectations are in the right place. <laughs> much much lower. Much I, I here's the thing, I was like, if I I went from like Mass Effect is my favourite series, I'm so excited for this, which it was a letdown. Mm. This time I went in much more like if this is halfway decent and there's a couple of moments that I enjoy, then I I will be glad I stuck with it. Yeah. So, yeah, are you playing anything else this week? Uh, no. <gasps> well then, time for this. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to our programme. Next up, we have an interview with a video game farmer. Hello, could you please introduce yourself? You're right. I'm Brian, the video game farmer. And uh, what has the video game harvest been like this year? Well, you find most most of the crops seem to mature about the same part of the year. You know, about summertime, we find that uh, that's when uh, all the best things are starting. You know, going to sprout, and we know exactly what's going to be popular. And uh, have you found that uh, you've been growing more smaller crops recently, more indie crops? Oh yeah, sure. There's been a lot of indie crops, and then of course there's been uh, the shovelware. There's a whole field over there just full of shovelware. Ah, uh, sort of like steaming stuff. Oh, how do you how do you deal with the fields full of shovelware? Well, we just shovel them up and just throw them at the shit show. Sorry, steam. Fantastic. 
Do you have anything else you'd like to say to our, our viewers about video game farming? Well, of course, the other thing about being a video game farmer is it's quite important. You know, sometimes you leave a field fallow. So, uh, you know, there was a long period when we basically just, we stopped making horror games at all because there just weren't no money in it. But uh, we had a, a few small of the, the indie crops grow up around that. It really seems to have brought the genre back. Wonderful. Thank you very much for your time. Next time... We'll interview someone else about something else, probably, maybe. Sure, I'll put on another voice. Okay. <laughs> I am Balthazar, the great barbarian warrior. And I'm Aladrin the elf. Aladrin, we shall go together, having met here in this tavern. We shall go on great adventures. Yeah, we, 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 we could. I, I, I just... I've noticed a problem recently, and I think we should maybe address this before we go out on our adventure. Tell me, friend Aladrin, what are your problems? I, I don't quite know what's going on, but about, uh, I don't know, about one in twenty times that I try to do something, I mess it up so badly that really bad negative consequences happen and affect me. I noticed this. I, I once... Uh, I had a series of bad hits attempting to strike a goblin, and it slayed me dead. Luckily, my compatriots were able to stabilize me, but I have somehow acquired an interesting scar. I once tried to hit someone with a sword, and I managed to hit myself in the face with a sword, and I don't know how I managed that, and I don't know why... Again, about one in twenty times is a little too common for the these kind of very drastic mistakes to occur. Indeed, I understand not how one could bot so hard. Indeed, how 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 failures and successes could happen at these sort of almost almost random intervals is it boggles the mind. Indeed. I I have heard rumour there might be a world above. That may control the fates. A world above controlling the fates by perhaps some roll of the dice? It does. <laughs> uh, I know, it's, <laughs> it's silly. It's silly. Now, let me just go get this glass from the counter over here. Friend Aladrin, I will, I will attempt to stabilize you, friend. I do not know why I'm doing this, but friend, friend, wake. Ah, oh, you've come back to us. This, this idea of, of, of the gods botching rolls doesn't seem so crazy. Indeed. Now I shall flirt with this barmaid. Excuse me, I... Why did I punch myself in the face there? Goodness. It's a very bad flirt. Apparently I flirt very poorly indeed. <laughs> On this day... <laughs> So, what have you watched this week? Uh, so, I have been watching, uh, you know, Leon Thomas, Renegade Oh, Cup. yeah, Leon, he's lovely. Of, of, of word funk fame. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been watching his uh, DC Expanded Universe uh, Film and Culture Analysis. A four-part series. How's that been going? Uh, it's been it's been pretty good. Uh, each episode's about an hour long, and they talk about he talks about the the, the tribalism and so forth of the the fan base and mm. and how they have sort of created things the way they have and and the the mm. way people have reacted to things. He's he's a smart, insightful boy. That he Leon. Is. 
is is very good at philosophies and and understanding media, and and there's lots of stuff about sort of uh, like criticism, like um, movie critics, why the fans have reacted certain ways, yeah, um, sort of how things have been with like how how the actors are expected to behave at, at sort of press events and things like that, and yeah, just just sort of how things have gone around the DCEU and, and yeah. how, unfortunately, most of the DCEU has not been great. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, he is very, very ready to to praise the high points, but, you know, it's had some a, problems. There's been a lot of middle points. Mm-hmm. And some very, very low ones. <laughs> what have you, what you watch? Uh, well, we watched a thing together. Mm. Uh, so a while ago on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, you talked about a series you'd started watching called Black Lightning, yeah. which is uh, it's a Netflix original and it's made by DC. I it's believe a, it is a DC. It's a DC series. comics property. Mm-hmm. I just I hadn't got around to watching it. We <laughs> we started from the beginning and watched it together, and oh my goodness, that's a good show. Yeah. Um. It's very binge watchable. Every time an episode finishes, I'm just like one more, one more, one more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this the ease at which they move between like serious content, action, comedy, cute family bits. Yeah, there's it's so many things and it moves between them so effortlessly. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy the pacing. Like, there's no wasted time. Not it's really. it's a very go 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 kind of show. Yeah. Um, it's very watchable. Yeah, it's. I'm trying to think of the last time I watched a show where I was that like. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. going, Gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. It's been a while. It. It reminds me almost of like a Breaking Bad or something in that. Oh, I just need to know what happens. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a a really good show. I'm glad. I'm glad that you finally got me into watching it. I'm glad we did too, because I want to know what happens now. Yeah, we're now slightly further ahead from where I was before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Black Lightning. He is the school principal. He is also Black Lightning, who does shooty uh, lightning powers yeah. and can somehow open, open locks. I haven't worked. And he out can like much. fly with his lightning and he, stuff. Later on in the series, he does get get flying powers. Uh, yeah, he's damn cool. He is damn cool. Yeah. That, that show's so good. It's like, really good. I very rarely praise anything DC, but mm, that show's good. Yeah. Like, it's, it's also ni- nice to see a, a show that is not not predominantly white. Yeah. It is predominantly black. And that's Indeed. And a, more of and a lot of variation in what kinds of black people you see as well. Yeah. Like, this is a well done show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gl- we're, we're watching it through together now. Yeah. Now that I've caught up with where Jane was at. Yeah. So we will report in and let you know whether it stays this good. But like, mm-hmm. we're enjoying it. Definitely. What else have you watched? What have I watched... Um, oh, I watched uh, something today, uh, a, sh- a channel called Roll for Crit on YouTube. Oh. They did a most anticipated board games of 2019. Ooh. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for some of those. Are um, there, there any particularly noteworthy ones? There, there was one I sent to you earlier. Oh, that one. Oh, um, I want that one. <laughs> I, I would imagine you would. Apparently, it's... Um, uh, yeah, one I think you would really enjoy, or I sent to you earlier, is uh, Power Rangers: Hero of the Grid. Heroes of the Grid. It's it's made by the Clank people, apparently. Is that yeah, right? Renegade? Yeah. So it's the Clank people. We always like Clank. Mm-hmm. Clank is good. And Power Rangers. Oh my goodness, my childhood was Power Rangers. I grew up on that stuff. Yep. I I 
when if and when there is an opportunity to pick this up, I won't pick this up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you've got miniatures in it, monsters. Um. I don't know if they're gonna be. If if every version, like the commercial release version, is gonna have the miniatures in it. Yeah. Uh, like location pieces. There's a lot of bits in this. Yeah. So this is one that was up on Kickstarter. Is it still on Kickstarter? Uh, or well, is they, it... they still have their Kickstarter page, but uh, it's it's the campaign is now closed and done. I okay. believe it's due out in August this year. Well, and I've... it's Renegade, so I can't see that it wouldn't end up as a as a sort of commercially available one. Yeah, exactly. And and also knowing Renegade, it'll probably have expansions. <gasps> oh, that's that's <laughs> that's a dangerous idea. Yep. So, uh, well, who knows? <laughs> if it's out by next UDP, perhaps you'll be getting it for that. Uh, so yeah, I was really excited to see that one. Um, one that was like, ooh, ah, uh, um, there's a, a a Clank Legacy game coming out. Oh, okay. yay! It's in a Penny Arcade universe. Fuck those guys. Oh, <laughs> why, why? Um, yeah. How much editing would it take to edit the Penny Arcade stuff out? Um, it's set in that universe, oh, so I guess if you know the characters, you're going to know who some of those people are. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough Penny Arcade stuff. Neither do I. Uh, to, to sort of follow up on that. I know that they've been shit in the past and that's about all I, I know. Decided, yeah. One of them has been decidedly transphobic. Yes. <clears throat> but it's okay, they've got a trans friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that uh, wasn't terrible. I was, I was like, <gasps> no. Um, because I love Clank and a Clank Legacy game would be awesome. Oh, yeah, I know. And because that can be played two players, we might actually get through a Legacy mm-hmm. game because, you know, we. it's not difficult to get us both in the same house at the same time. Yeah. Um, there was also one of, uh, like, a create your own comic books. Ooh. I forget the name of that one, but it looked really interesting, like up to four players collaboratively creating a story together. Okay. Apparently a single-player version has existed already, but they're now bringing up this sort of four-player version, and that looks really cool. Sounds very cool. Yeah, um, so yeah, that was on, on, on their YouTube channel, uh, Roll for Crit, yep. and the uh, episode is our most anticipated board games of 2019. So, yeah, definitely worth a look if you are curious about what board Ghana is are coming out. Yay. What else do you got? Uh, I had to split it over a couple of lunch times to get through it, but Ooh. I have watched Bird Box, which is that Ooh. Netflix horror-y thing that everyone's it? been talking about. It's very good. Okay. I understand why people are raving about it. I watched it and instantly was like, Jane would really enjoy this, and I would very happily watch this a second time over. Okay. Because um, I've been hearing nothing but slating from about I, it. So. That's what I'd heard until I watched it. So... The general premise is, and like this isn't spoilers, this is very early on stuff, there is some kind of something going on in the world where people see something and start to commit suicide. And it starts in, in Russia, and we sort of follow this group of people in the United States, where suddenly it's, it's all kicking off. Um, and it sort of jumps back and forth between like a modern, like, what's going on in the present and what what happened when the outbreak first happened. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff in the past about when the outbreak first happened is a lot of people who don't know each other trying to coexist in a house and like not lose their minds too much. Um, okay. There's a lot of interesting stuff about how they how they learn what to do to survive. Right. And then the sort of present day story is 
this parent and uh, two young children, um, basically blindfolded trying to make a journey to somewhere that might be safe. Mm. Um, and the reason they're blindfolded is if you look at this thing, you will die. Just if you look at it, you will, you will, you will kill yourself. Um, it's a really interesting horror film in that it's not about like gross-out shock horror. It's not about jump scares. It's psychological. Yeah, it's it's honestly just like a really good slow burn of tension. Nice. Where it's the the fact that you never see this thing works to this film's credit. Um, very much so, according to yeah. some of the actors. I the the thing that I really like about it is like I love a lot of the tension, particularly in the scenes with these two kids of like. Sandra Bullock's character, I think it's Sandra Bullock who plays yeah. it? Yeah. She's basically trying to keep these two children who have no idea what's going on blindfolded and doing as they're told for like two and a half days. And they're Good like, luck. these are like five-year-olds. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh my, oh my, oh my God, no. Um, and then the children die. Yeah. But it, it had a flavour of like zombie films in some senses. Of like, you know when you have those zombie films where you get a lot of people board themselves up in a house and they're like, We'll be okay as long as we stay in here. Um, we're going to have to leave at some point for supply. It had a lot of that feeling, but with the added tension of how do we do all these things without being able to see. Um, I thought it was really fab. And I I haven't read in-depth criticism of what people didn't like about it, but I really liked it and I think it'd be your jam. All right. So I, I think we should make some time to watch it because I... I would very happily watch Bird Box again. It, I enjoyed it a lot. We shall report back. Yeah. Uh, have you watched anything else? No. I watched one other thing. I don't. Ooh. I don't remember if I've mentioned this before, but I've uh, in the last week or two got very into watching Polygon videos, particularly ones involving mm. Brian David Gilbert, who is oh, yes. a very sweet boy who gets very very in depth and silly about. Nonsense topics. We enjoyed the Sonic one the other day. Yes, uh, there was a th- what was it a thirteen-page, uh, basically like here Bible is... of Sonic. Yeah, like the the outline that Sega of America were like, this is who the character is, and going through every single Sonic game and being like, none of these are canon to this Bible, this thirteen-page document about this he- real hedgehog who lives in a bush near a burger shop and e- eats worms and stuff. I mean, the thing I would be interested to know would be. Like, did any of that carry over to the comic books? Because obviously Sonic the Conic was a thing, and I think there have been, like, other iterations yeah, of that as well. Yeah, I am curious about that. But, um, yeah, so there's, a, like, other examples of stuff he's done. Is he had a fantastic one that was um, trying to create the one true Zelda timeline that includes everything. Not just the games, but everything, be it canon or not, trying to make it canon. So he tries to make, like... The Legend of Zelda breakfast cereal fit into the timeline. The Monopoly game has to fit into the timeline. Um, that was quite a funny one. He does one about um, Castlevania monsters and which ones are most fuckable. He's just okay. a very amusing, silly boy I, I've yeah. been enjoying. Hmm. So, yeah, that's everything I've watched. <gasps> so, time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor! <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Well, it is two absolutely lovely queer trans ladies who run a podcast. <gasps> oh, do tell me more. Well, they talk about their weeks and, and, you know, what they've played and watched and listened to. They do some very amusing skits. Hang on. Hang on. 
Have we paid to sponsor our own podcast? Yeah, I slipped myself a fiver. Oh, okay. Um, can I slip you another fiver to say even more nice things? There you go. Oh, thanks. Uh, so yeah, tell me more about this lovely podcast. Well, if you keep slipping us a fiver, one of us will take our clothes off. <gasps> Ooh, it's an audio-only medium, though, so who who, who took the clothes off? What if they take off? Who knows? <gasps> oh, goodness. One of the people on this podcast has just taken some clothes off. They have. They appear to have exposed their breasts. Well. For your pleasure. Indeed. Sponsor Queer and Pleasant Strangers by... And who knows? More nudity may occur. Click on the microphone button somewhere and use the code Queer and Pleasant Strangers will take their clothes off uh, for, for more of this. Yes, more of this. More of this. More of this. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Galactic Softworks. Hi, hi, how you doing? Hi, yeah, I'm I'm good, yeah. Um, so, uh, as you know, we've been thinking about how we're gonna start making some really serious money in 2019, and obviously we want to get the ball rolling, we're nearly at the end of the financial year, so it's quite important we try and get some more money in. Now, Loot boxes have been absolutely incredible. But one thing I noticed uh, specifically over the whole unicorn dance party, uh, like time over that period, we noticed that we were selling a lot of the uh, the special festive unicorn skins. You know, everybody wanted, uh, you know, their characters to have the unicorn horns and the, the rainbow manes and, 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 and all of those things. In all of our games, you know, we made special editions for each of our games, you know, special Loot boxes, maybe they could get one piece of loot, but not the whole set, or, or they could buy, obviously, they can buy the whole set for an extortionate amount of money, but, uh, you know, so I, I've been thinking, you know, what we need is, uh, we pick some more of these, like, special days throughout the year, and, uh, we, uh, workshop some ideas for how we can, can make things. Now, I have found a website, uh, it, it shows you there is a special day every day. My goodness, you're a fucking genius. This is... I, I, I was, at the start of this conversation, I thought you were going to say we could do this four or five times a year, but are you suggesting literally every day? Literally every day we can have a whole different set of loot boxes and people will have to get, you know, something related to that. Obviously, we will need to flog a lot of the design team. Oh, God, yeah. But you never know. Maybe we can just find outfits on the, uh... The asset store. I mean, there is that too, but we're gonna have to flog someone to get them to get the things off yeah. the asset store. So, like, I'm assuming we only leave these on sale for one day, so they, yeah. they've got to spend one day buying, like, you know, they can't wait until they accumulate in-game currency. They're gonna have yeah. to spend real money. Oh, yeah, if they if want they the whole want... set. Yeah, exactly. If they want to get that one that's only today. Yeah, and, and, and we're gonna pay a bunch of, uh, uh you know, ru those uh, Russian Twitter farms... And they're gonna go out there and they'll just be like, oh my god, got, got all this. We'll get them some nice screenshots of, uh, things that people just can't possibly have. And, uh, and, and, you know, they'll be like, oh my god, I got the full set of, uh, well, let's see, the 20th of January, we've got Disc Jockey Day. Oh, goodness. Yeah, uh, and here's the other thing, like, we won't even have to bring them back next year. We can make them so exclusive. We can probably roll them over for three or four years before we have to do anything new with it at oh all. God. So uh, for, for this Ducky Day, I'm thinking, you know, a selection of headphones. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like uh, maybe some like uh, like a, a messenger bag or like a record bag or something. 
you know, maybe even special weapons that have, like, vinyl records or or, or maybe just a laptop if they're that kind of DJ. Then, of course, we've got uh, also on, on the 20th, we have a Penguin Awareness Day. <gasps> You know, so we'll get like nice suits for everyone yeah. with little little flippers. You know, yeah. do you have an egg to carry on your feet? Something like that. Uh, then, of course, we've got uh, International Sweatpants Day, twenty first of January. So, uh, uh, sweatpants for all. If you got any thoughts, twenty uh, second of January, we got a uh, hot sauce day. Um. Little customized bottle of hot sauce you can carry around. Maybe your gun looks like hot sauce. Yeah, so hot sauce guns. I uh, like t-shirts with like, I like it flaming hot. A or... hot sauce hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, hats goes without saying. Yeah. Uh, some little like, uh, like chili shaped shoes maybe. Really get the hot sauce in. You are a fucking genius. Oh, I am not done, my friend. <gasps> Peanut Butter Day, 20, 23rd of January. I'm, I'm just floored. You're floored? Well, we're going to cover you in peanut butter on that day. Um, there was there was, uh, there was a few I was looking at. One I was really disappointed with. It wasn't quite what I was thinking. It was going to be World Breast Pumping Day on the 27th of January, but uh, apparently that's something about feeding kids. Seems weird to me. Oh, oh, um, Kazoo Day, 28th of January. Uh, you know, maybe just everyone, you know, just giant different colored kazoos maybe just we like get a, maybe we get a brand deal going with that kid that played the kazoo in that vine yeah yeah um 29th of january curmudgeon's day oh that's a day for me that is it's a hot big mood as big the kids mood. say <laughs> uh, yeah i uh, just grumpy skins for everyone maybe very boring suits or something just 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 grumpy Oh. And then, of course, uh, oh, there was one I'm, I'm just confused by. 2nd of February, uh, Hedgehog Day. I mean, like, that doesn't sound like a games thing. Like, hedgehogs. Uh, I, I've never heard of a hedgehog in video games. No, that's that's really not going to work. Okay, well, I think we got some, some good ideas there going. And then, yeah, I reckon we can really milk the shit out of this one. Yes, we can. You, sir, are a fucking genius. I know. What have you inserted into your ears through vibrational causes? Not a huge amount. Um, we listened to some music at the weekend when we went to see our friend. Yeah, I feel like we'd rather let everyone down on that aspect. We basically spent eh, most of eight hours listening to John Double O Fleming. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you the names of any tracks because we did not get them and I was not DJing. Nope, but they are a sort of dance music-y person. Trance. Trance, yes. That's that's the genre. I'm no good with dance genres still. I don't know which ones are which. I know what sounds good in me is. That trance was quite nice. It was. It was very good. Um, very... There was a lot to it. Sort of... Almost like a classical music feel in places. There was a lot of times it made me want to, like, lift off the ground. It was very, like... I wish to levitate. It, it's very like you, you want to sort of float along to it kind of music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, boogied for many hours to those. Can't recommend any specific tracks, but I'm afraid. none of what we heard we didn't enjoy. So, that's like, true. yeah, go go check that artist out. Yeah. Apparently, they are um, like like a world renowned DJ. So, well, yeah. now, now they're to find. Now they're queer and pleasant <clears throat> strangers renowned. Ding. Yeah. yeah. You listen uh, to anything else? Yes. <gasps> what did you listen to? Oh yeah, we listened to Bass Nectar's version of Feeling Good. I think we might have mentioned that on the show before. I'm but it's a good track. We we got to listen to it on a very good sound system and lots of bass. Oh, 
oh, that that that's a track that definitely benefits from a good sound system. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we also popped on while we were on in our, in our sort of trance moments. Uh, Bellic Boom, the pirates are coming. Oh yeah, I believe I've mentioned that one on here. Before. We had a, we had a good silly pirate dance. We did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, friend was looking at me a bit crazy as I was sort of uh, cantering around. Sort the of a jig. I was doing a bit of a, a bit a bit of a piratey jig, <laughs> and then he sort of got it, and he was like, "I get it." Yeah. Um, uh, and last one in that was uh, Talamasca, Frenchman oh, in Mumbai. Yeah, that's that's a that's a killer of a track. Did it go a trance? It was a very yeah. trancey evening. It was a very trancey evening slash night slash yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. It was all. It was a good musical journey. Mm-hmm. I've only listened to one other thing this week, really. Ooh. I went back and listened to a band I've not listened to in a while. I went back and listened to Rise Against. Ah. Which, uh... Not... they vegans? I believe they're vegans, yeah. Um, all I can really say about them is they are good protest rock. They're good, like, angry, we are angry about the world and we want things to be better kind of rock. Um, nice. A lot of their music videos are just like, here is a humanitarian crisis that is happening, you should probably pay attention to it. But also, we're 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 angry. Yeah. It's sometimes I don't want to hear a thing that's like, yeah, fuck the system, down with the people in power. We need to make things better. Kind of angry rock. So yeah, that's everything I've listened to. Another thing I did. Listen oh, to. you got one more thing. I got one more thing I listened to. <gasps> um, the Tetris from the Tetris Effect. Uh, connected. Yours forever. I think it's the one from the first... Yes, yes, I think it's the first one. And level. I think it also comes in quite late on as well. Yes, yeah. But yeah, that's a really, just a really beautiful track when you hear it, like, as music as opposed to automatically generated. Yeah, I've listened to that track by itself and it is good. Yeah. I, I love that whole soundtrack. Just go listen to the Tetris Effect mm-hmm. soundtrack and then get Tetris Effect and then get a VR headset to play <laughs> in VR. And I know that's a lot to ask. And then live forever in yeah, Tetris. Yeah, Tetris Effect is good. That's mm-hmm. A played thing. I did start trying to play through that on um on hard mode. Ooh. I got like six levels in, I think. That's a good start. Yeah. Six levels in without without having a loss, like six levels straight through with my same board of... Tiles. I was like, yeah, go me. Nice. Well then, time for this. Hello, I'm Rainbow Wish the Alicorn. And I'm Gigglehooves. And today we're here with an important PSA for you. It's very important that you understand that there is a great difference between unicorns, pegasi, and alicorns. Indeed. We very, 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 very frequently referred to as flying unicorns, and that's not what we are. We're an entirely separate species. Mm-hmm. There are unicorns, which have a horn. There are pegasi, which have wings. We just want the basic respect to being called what we are. Exactly. We are very different to both of those. We have very different cultures and histories, and I think it's important that that is recognised. Indeed. We live up in the clouds, but we also have horns. That that brings a whole set of things that don't occur if you only have a horn or wings. We have our own culture, our own belief system. We don't enjoy being called the wrong thing because it, it erases who we are. And much as we very much love our siblings within the unicorn and pegasi communities, we are not them. And we hope that everyone will respect that. Remember, next time you attempt to refer to an alicorn as a flying unicorn, just don't. Be respectful. Thank you.
So, you've decided to enter my dungeon, have you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's very naughty. Very naughty indeed. <gasps> and I'm going to have to hurt you. Oh, oh, oh no. You encounter six orcs. They have plus six to spanking. <gasps> Everyone is armed with a flogger. Do I have any defences against flogging? Why would you want to defend yourself against flogging? <laughs> Take six points of spanking damage. Ow! Yes, and they tie you up and carry you away to another part of the dungeon. Oh, no. You're heavily restrained. Roll to struggle out of your bonds. Can, can I choose to get a one and not escape? Good girl. <laughs> you may stay in the dungeon for longer and become another of my minions. What do I have to roll to stay here? Roll to impress your mistress. Seventeen? Uh, very well, you have significantly pleased me on this day. You shall stay here, bound to the walls, being occasionally flogged by my goblins. I shall take you over my knee and give you another plus six spanking. Oh, I do love playing Dungeons and Doms. I hope your butt has some uh, hit points left. Very few. Mm. <laughs> Don't forget, you can always cast the safe word. (laughs) (laughs) Question time! Stop questions! What's the questions? Uh, Louis von Pierce, I think, is trying to kill us. Uh, Do you have any allergies? Um, I have long suspected I have some allergies, but none of them that have actually been confirmed by a doctor. That certain shade of yellow for a while. Yeah, allergic That's yellow. Largely cleared up. Um, yeah, I occasionally get like mouth. My mouth gets weird and like doesn't feel right. Well, bananas sometimes do mm-hmm. that. Because you did banana pancakes once, and my mouth felt like it was like on fire. Oh yeah. Yeah, bananas are sometimes a problem. Um, oh yeah, and no, I did actually I did them three twice, and the second time I had to make you. Um, I had to get you some antihistamines. Yeah, like I, it's not always like there was there was a there was a, d- a night out dancing we went to where I did eat several bites of banana by itself and it was oh, all right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe this, it's just my pancakes. This is what I mean. Like I, I think that I sometimes have a problem with banana, but that's not a diagnosed thing. I have allergies in terms of pretty bad hay fever. But what about you? Uh no, I am allergy free as far as I'm aware. Mm, um, lucky you. My skin reacts to certain shampoos, but I wouldn't really call that an allergy. I just have dry skin issues. Yeah. Uh, I'm about it, really. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. lucky in that respect. Yeah, good for you. There you go. If you ever take me to hospital, no allergies. <laughs> uh, Fancy Wookie would like to know, which unsolved crime slash mystery would you most like the an- to have the answer to? Ooh. Ooh. See, I'm now just racking through my brain of all of the um, BuzzFeed Unsolved things <laughs> I've seen and being like, oh, oh, go on, go on. Um, mm. Have you got an answer for this? How did Trump get elected? <laughs> That's not a mystery. There's a lot of racists in the world. <laughs> mystery solved. Um, I've always been kind of fascinated by the disappearance of Amelia Earhart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I very much like planes and flying and that one's... I, I find some of the details about that kind of fascinating. The... Um, some of the reported maybe sightings and photographs that were never verified are interesting. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I'd love to know what happened there. Yeah. That's that's one. I've probably got better answers, but that's the one that comes to mind. Yeah. I don't think if there's any others. Uh, Truth of Area 51 might be quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, is there really a Sasquatch slash Bigfoot? Yeah. Slash is... Abominable Swamp Sloth? Is there a Mothman and is is there a Mothman and is his ass as fine as that statue of him? Have you never seen the Mothman statue with the fine ass? I have not seen the Mothman statue oh, with the fine ass. Oh, uh, there is a Mothman statue in like whatever town it is that Mothman is said to live in. There is a statue and it just has like this perfect rock solid metal ass. Oh, it's solid I've, metal ass. I've never seen an ass sculpted that perfectly. Is it metal rear solid? It, it might well be. Mm. Um, Oh, the questions we got. Uh, the Wonder Gamer would like to know: Do you have uh, Do you have time to hear the good news about our Lord Arceus? So, do you know anything about Arceus? I googled it to find out. I've yes. been on Bulbapedia, so so yeah. Arceus is the god of all Pokemon. It is the the Pokemon that created the entire universe and time and space and all sorts of things. And those two, like first Pokemon. Uh yeah. So th- the one thing I'll say about Arceus is. It's very weird that you can catch Arceus in the video games, because it's like, oh, I'm a ten-year-old kid, I caught God! I mean, eventually it was going to happen. I suppose. And Gotta Arceus can be can, like, anything, any yeah. any type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's the everything Pokemon. Oh. The Alpha and the Omega. Or there's that no, that's that's probably a different series. Arceus, I pray to you, please smite down anyone who's mean to mimic you. It's okay, little mimic you. I will give you a stroke. Oh. Uh Ian Burnham would like to know underneath through or beyond. Always beyond. Oh. Beyond uh, I'm a big fan of underneath. It's <laughs> where the butts are. Ah. I, I, I like the thought of like, here's the thing, we're just gonna keep going. Go keep going, not gonna stop. Keep on running. Wow. Oh, um, I suppose it wasn't Bed Bath or Beyond. So. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, Beyond is pretty oh, interesting, though. Bed Bath and Beyond. The bed and the bath would be a tough choice. Hmm. <laughs> a bath, then bed, and then beyond with my <laughs> dreams. Oh, wash decks. Uh, tricky. It's tricky to rock around to rock around. It's right on time. It's that dear guy. Uh, who would win in a Hogwarts bot battle royale? Teachers and elder ones are excluded from entry. Okay. Um. Huh. I think no one... I think Harry Potter would win purely out of the fact that everyone would be too afraid to try and attack him because famously... A very strong person tried to attack him once and died in the process. You know, it's like one spell. You just have to shoot him from behind. Yeah, but again, like, everyone... He's, his thing he's known as is the boy who lived. Yeah. You don't try and kill the boy who lived. It, it's antithetical to his name. Uh, I think Neville would probably win. <laughs> just, Fuck the boy who lived. Just stay under the, under the radar <laughs> until it's the end and then be like, Haha, I got you. Just go for the strongest first. Let them fight it out. Take out the sort of first few main strongest one, then just hide in the room I'd, of requirement. I'd like to see Neville win. Yeah. Neville deserves to win. Yeah. 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 What's next? Yeah. Fuck Harry Potter. He's a jock who became a cop. Fuck him. Uh, Maggie J. Evans would like to know, which segment of Queer and Pleasant Strangers is your favourite to record? Ooh. Um, favourite... Yeah. 
Um, have you got the answer for this? Skits! Because we have well, a ridiculous... Yeah, it makes no, us laugh. I know it's skits. I, I thought specifically, like, is there a specific kind of skit that's your favourite? I was thinking... It's just a segment. Well, skits <laughs> skits is my favourite. Yeah. I I very much enjoy Brutal Justice Warriors. Mm-hmm. It's it's always it's always a very easy one to record. Oh, I don't know. We've, um, had, some, we've okay. had some really tricky ones. Okay, we've had some tricky ones, but it's always been a segment that... Feels like it doesn't require too much pressure preparation normally. Yeah, I mean we've had one that really took a lot of preparation. Yeah. But apart from that, like, I think we've been swatted up enough on our own subjects to it not yeah. really to be an and issue. And I just like the voices. I like we get that we get to do a hug during it. Yeah, well, yeah. a hug is always good. I mean, Isn't we can technically hug during any section of the I show. I know, but that's that's the one where we make time to hug for the listeners. <laughs> we hug. For the listeners. Yeah. And also each other. Also each other, but, you know, for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, Ostergal would like to know, if you were going to make a pirate flag, what would it be like? Ooh. Oh, I'm, I'm struggling on this. Have you got a good answer? Um, like a, a, a battle axe and cross dildos? I was going to go, like, I don't know what was going to be in the middle, but I was going to say cross tentacles. How about this? Your like face and cross tentacles. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I guess that would be my pirate flag. <laughs> Yar. Um. Yeah, maybe. Um. Mm, mm. I like just me cross- held held by tentacles. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe have a butt on there somewhere. Uh, a butt and cross tentacles. How Let's about? go with that. A butt and cross tentacles. There we go. That works for us both. <laughs> I look forward to the fan art. <laughs> uh, Becky Two here would like to know what book would you write together? I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this the other day that I'd like to write a book with you at some point. I don't know what yet, but sorry, this is one of the things I forgot about while we were while we were at our friends at the weekend, oh, right. and I was having my many ponderings. Mm-hmm. One of them was be really nice to write a book with Jane. I, I don't know what it would be. Have you got any thoughts? Um, well, we could write the polyamory book together. <gasps> I could help you with that. Right. I'm, I'm not great at fiction, but I could, I can, I, I could learn. Well, you, you've said that you would like to try writing fiction. Yeah. So. If you and like... I have suggested that well, perhaps we could write the polyamory book together before. Well, once we get through, once I get through my current ones, maybe that's a joint project to do at some point. I, I mean, I've got some sort of basic ideas, but yeah. it will, it needs more humour and more proper writing. Yeah. We, uh, maybe that's a, that'd be a nice project to do at yeah. some point when we have time. Yeah, or you know something in that sort of D and D campaign because I suppose yeah. we could write like one of your other D and D campaigns or just make something up. Yeah, I I I think we could we could write some nice fantasy stories together. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Uh, Gavos Tifilovsky would like to know um, what modern video game IPs would you like to see D makes of. Ooh, ooh! I'd love to see like a a, a remake of Mass Effect. Get rid of a lot of the um the big sprawling nature of it, and just make it down to like a a, a shooter. I'd say like short top down shooter that then goes to your your moral choice moments okay. and stuff. Yeah. Like, but pare down some of the the combat. Mm-hmm. You could keep most of the like dialogue intact. I think you could do a cool thing with that. Hmm. What about you? 
I'm trying to think of modern, modern video game IPs that I've actually played. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe like a Half-Life platformer. I I could see that. Um, I've I've played two D side scrolling Portal, and I wasn't yeah. that impressed with it. So, um, trying to think what else of what else is in that sort of genre. <laughs> I don't know. I tend to play old games because I don't usually have a PC that I can run new games on. Maybe, maybe, an, maybe like an antechamber demake. How would you even do that? I don't know, but I'd like to see. I'd like to see someone try. <laughs> you make non-Euclidean geometry in two D space. Yeah. Why not? Why the hell uh, not? Or maybe if you did it as like one of those um, top-down games with uh, like uh, light cone. Yes. Oh, that's. And then, like, obviously, as you scroll off it and you can't see it, it could be anything. I like that idea. You've you've solved it. Antichamber demake. Yeah. Um. I don't know what else. I think that's probably the most most important ones. Yeah. Uh did you, Bethany Turner? What were your favourite game fil- films of two thousand eighteen? And what films are you most excited about for two thousand eighteen? Uh, we. <laughs> yeah, Black Panther. We really enjoyed. Um, was Get Out last year? I know we watched it last year. But... Uh, I think it might have been older than that. Ah. Um, but it was one that we really enjoyed in 2018. Yeah. Um, End of the Spider-Verse, was that start of this year or end of last year? I feel like that was last year. Yeah, I think that was 2018. Uh, the Spider-Verse, I, I really enjoyed. I wouldn't say it was one of my favourite ones. I did enjoy it. I had a great time with that one. That one was one of my faves. Uh, enjoyed Deadpool 2. Yeah, Deadpool 2 was a lot of fun. Mm. No, I think that's probably. I think that's the big ones. Oh, Incredibles two was a lot of fun. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, what is your favourite level in Sonic the Hedgehog? Any Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog? Green Hill Zone. That's weird. I was going to go with Green Hill Zone. See, the main reason is it's the one that has the fewest hazards and things that stop you because obviously it's the first level. It's it's meant to Mm. be the easiest one. I enjoy Sonic most when I can just keep running and everything looks very pretty and I'm running very fast. I should really like the colour palette. For yeah, it. it's a great colour palette too. Um, yeah, I just I like being able to run uninterrupted in Sonic. I'm trying to remember what the one from the beginning of Sonic Three was because I also really like. Oh the colours yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but nope. I know the one you're on about. Um, if we're talking about like the music for a level, then I would definitely have to say Starlight Zone. I bloody oh, love God, that. Yeah, good, good pick. Um, Scrap Brain Zone was quite fun. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, I'm mainly going for Sonic 1 because those are the ones I remember most. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, stuff like that. I, I, Chemical I, Plant, like, I I would say the it's quite iconic, but I, I bloody hate it. I like the <laughs> Chemical one that is in Sonic Mania where you like push down plunges to make bouncy things. I, I mean, quite enjoyed it's that It's basically a chemical plant again, but yeah. Um, had I don't like the fact that you can fall down and lose like tons of progress yeah, just because you miss a jump that's or fair. something falls out from under you. Uh, I find those really fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Evans would like to know what live action movie would make for a good animated movie. I think Tanker would be a good animated movie. Ooh, that's a good pick. That is a good pick. I would like to see a Tank Girl animated movie. In fact, I would like to see the Tank Girl animated movie series. Like, universe. Can I go with your answer? That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see yeah. lots and lots and lots of Tank Girl. Yeah. <laughs> As a series of animated movies. Um, 
But yeah, if we can get Laurie Petty back to voice Tank Girl, and and maybe Naomi Watts to voice Chick Girl, I would go watch that. Yeah. Um, Cal I would like to know uh, if you were to make a tabletop RPG based around cephalopod arms, what would the mechanics look like, and what class would you play? So we briefly discussed this before the podcast, and I think we we had a nice little idea brewing. Yeah. So. My my suggestion to start us off was like picture the board game mousetrap with the elaborate set of things that you put together, but at the end basically it's just the character gets wrapped up in tentacles if you set up the, the machine correctly. Yeah, um, we still need to get in this sort of RPG aspect there. Yeah, which which you were suggesting like um, Yeah, that yeah. basically you are like young, green head, um <laughs> adorable. Um, hilarious, hilarious, gorgeous, thanks, wonderful, I love you, caring, loving character, uh, um, cephalopod, sentient, uh, sapient, cephalopod, arm loving, um, character, and and they they realise that they are not up to humping the 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 god tier cephalopod. Uh, and and they have to sort of work their way up by yeah. leveling up. So you you sort of have to go on a quest to not only put together this big cephalopod contraption, but also to increase your stats enough that you can survive the encounter. Yeah. So I guess you have to um, uh, go around and maybe visit different sort of areas, like I guess like the the different tribes from uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> But more of them? Do you want more slimy tentacles? Yeah. Do you want ones that sort of squirt ooze? You've... Ones with more like <laughs> You've, yeah. more or less suckery bits? You've got to learn the ways of each individual type of, of tentacle on your way to the ultimate cephalopod arm at the end. How, how much suckerage can you handle? How much goo can you handle? How, how much uh, restraint can you handle? Yeah. You know, level yourself up and at the end... Uh, get to the end and hopefully have the most beautiful, perfect, uh, entirely consensual encounter and and win forever. I like this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess I would be um, a specialist in 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 squirty suckery, uh, well lubed tentacle arms <laughs> with those stringy bits. I like it when there's the stringy bits off the the dribbly. Mm. Oh, right, I'm going for a cold shower. <laughs> And we're back. Jane, how was your shower? Ah, <laughs> uh, it was freezing cold. Uh, Matthew Hudson would like to know, because we're back to this now. Ha <laughs> uh, What are your favourite older board games? Uh, they love Cluedo and Hero Quest. Unfortunately, Hero Quest is ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I think it was about yeah. £100 last time I saw it at Comic-Con. Yeah, the, the only older board game that I remember like really enjoying and finding, like, complex enough to be interesting was uh, Settlers of Catan. I suppose that is an older board game. Yeah, because that's going to be, what, probably a good 15, 20 years old at this point. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... I can't really think of any I really liked as a child. I mostly play, was forced to play things like Monopoly and Scrabble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, dyslexic and hates capitalism. Not really going to work either. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I can't think of like any really... Any really good old ones? Cluedo's all right, I guess. Cluedo's all right. Yeah. No one ever knew what they were... Like, in my family, no one knew how to play it properly, but I played it as an adult and been like, yeah, that was all right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I had Space Crusade, but I didn't have anyone to play with, so yeah. uh, I never really got to experience that one. Hmm. It seemed like it might be interesting, though. 
But uh, yeah, that's that. That's that one. Uh, Ivalia Torres would like to know what was the queerest, most pleasant, and/or strangest moment of 2018. Uh, the queerest was getting engaged to you. Yep. Uh, most pleasant getting engaged to you, mm-hmm. and strangest all that time in the year that I wasn't engaged to you. You got an answer? Is that, have I, yeah. have I answered it? I, I think you've gazumped me there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the second queerest, second most pleasant and second strangest then? Okay, uh, second queerest has got to be one of the prides. Wait, what pride was felt the queerest? Uh, the one, with, one of the ones without turfs at it, so yeah. I guess Brighton Pride. I was, gonna say, I was tempted to say either Brighton Pride or maybe Trans Pride, because like, there was some real good queer energy with the, uh, with the, the protest chants. Yeah. And the, we the, were uh, very involved in that. Yeah, there was also a lot of like really good support from yeah. cis lesbians being like, no, you're fucking welcome here, like, don't, yeah. don't listen to turfs. It was lovely. Yeah, that was, that was a good, wholesome queer day. It really was. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to next year, and apparently uh, uh, some of our Brighton-based friends have said they've been really trying to drum up more support from the gay community, because yeah. they were a bit upset about the fact that there was a lot of lesbians there to support us. But the gay community were largely well, we're, not present. We're getting there. Like the, the three people we spent the evening with over the weekend were all like, "Yeah, we will come along and we will drum up support as best mm-hmm. we can." So I'm like, "Oh, yeah, uh, most pleasant, most pleasant." Um, we had some really nice days, sort of just lying out in the sun up, up the common. Yeah, quite nice. There was one where we took like. What was it like? Bubble gums and pims. Yeah, there was a day where we just like found a nice quiet spot and we we drank pims and made bubbles. Yeah. Made lots and lots of bubbles. Yeah, that was a that was a really lovely yeah, one. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, I was going to say most pleasant was that night we went and watched the fireworks. That was in lovely. the dark. Yeah. Uh, atop the common, um, yeah, and we watched like seven different fire display, firework displays. Well, we had just vegan chatting and, and yeah. having vegan hot chocolate with vegan marshmallows. Yeah, that was a really lovely one. Mm-hmm. What's the strangest? Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for myself, I don't know, maybe the uh, fetish party where I danced basically naked apart from a fishnet dress. Well. <laughs> that was uh, that was unusual for me. Yeah. Quite, quite liberating. Uh, strangest for me might be the books. Yeah. Because both the start of 2018, neither of those had happened, and now it's like, oh, I'm a two time author. Ah, oh, that's weird. That's all oh, that's, that's weird. That's, that's very strang. Ah. Mm. Well, that. That is it. That, that's that it. Is all questions. of the questions. Oh. That is all of the questions. So. <gasps> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Justice Hello, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? I'm um, a bit out of breath, mate. Yeah, it's uh, funny, that, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird one. How have you been, mate? I've been all right. I've been all right. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, not too bad. I'm a bit, a bit tired. A bit, a bit of an heavy weekend, if I'm honest. Yeah, know the feeling. Um... I had a bit of a heavy weekend, but I did find some time to start doing a bit of a uh, bit of decluttering this uh, this week. I started watching that uh, that Marie Kondo show about uh, you know getting rid of you getting rid of your stuff that don't bring you joy. Um, and I, I started watching it, and the, re- the reason I want to bring it up is uh, 
a lot of people recently been talking about this whole idea of uh, decluttering and uh, getting rid of getting rid of your things. And uh, as much as that works for me, I know it don't work for everyone. I mean, uh, you know, I suppose it depends what your clutter, quote unquote, is. You know, uh, I, my great aunt tended to have an awful lot of stuff, and and uh, after she passed away, I suppose it was a lot of it really wasn't worth anything to anyone. Yeah, a a big th- a big thing that I think a lot of these conversations about uh, decluttering and uh, minimalism, particularly, sort of miss over sometimes is uh, the role that class can play in. Uh, or, or lived experience can play in in decluttering versus keeping a lot of things. Uh, it's it's not always a topic that comes up with this, but I think it's easy to forget that it's easy to be a minimalist when you you know you've got a lot of disposable income because you can get rid of a thing you you know you don't want right now, and worst case scenario you buy another one down the line. Yeah, which is you know I think. The inverse of that is definitely true as well, which is a lot of people who hold on to a lot of things is because, you know, maybe they've had a background where they at times have had things or, you know, they've had to have very few possessions for a while. And, you know, sometimes possessions and things just feel like security. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've certainly had a similar position with myself, you know, although I have got rid of a lot of my possessions in, say, the last... Uh, you know, ten years or so. Yeah. You know, for for various reasons. I mean, some of it was just owning VHS cassettes that I just I'm not going to watch again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a there's a lot of problems with that. Like, I I know people that can just afford to get rid of things. Like, yeah. Uh, you, you know, my my parents are the kind of people that are just like, no, just get rid of it. I'm not using it. I'm not using it. And then maybe six months later, well, oh, where's this? Uh, you threw it out because you said you weren't using it. Oh, we'll just buy another one. Like you, like you say, if you've yeah. got that disposable income, you know, just afford to do it. But yeah. you know, it's not something I could afford to do. Exactly. It's uh, you know, I've definitely been that way in the past, and I know that like I've I've held on to books that I, you know, don't think I'm ever going to read again. But I'm yeah. like, what what if I want to, and I can't afford, and it's a time in my life where I can't afford to get it again. True. You yeah. know, it's it's. Sometimes possessions feel like a safety net. It's like, worst case scenario, I've got things that have value that I might be able to get rid of if the time comes. And that, you know, yeah. can help you feel a bit safer when, you know, you maybe have had situations where you haven't been able to, to get by. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, there was uh, definitely a period at the beginning of the 2000s when I was, you know, regularly having a couch surf and things and... I, you know, I would sell every, almost everything I owned of any value to the you know local ch- pawn shops or yeah. or like uh, ex rental video game places. Yeah, you know, I've got rid of all these things uh, that you know to to me was worth you know so much. And like, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff that's absolutely irreplaceable. But yeah. it was a case of do I eat this week? Yeah, exactly. Like, or do I ever play the secret of Mana again? Yeah, exactly. Like, I I remember being uh, being in my late teens. I uh, used to be very into a card game called Yu Gi Oh, and yeah. uh, after I was pretty good at it, and I uh, ended up getting rid of the old collection for considerably less than it was worth. Again, because I I think it was I needed money for for, for fuel to get to uh, to get to where I was uh, learning, get a sick form. Yeah. Sometimes it's just one of those. There is no money. You do what you got to do, and that's you know, a, it's great to be able to declutter and to just throw things out and just not have them anymore. But yeah. 
it's it's easy to hold on to things when you've you've had nothing. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. So like, you know, I think I think that Marie Kondo I think the idea of like, you know, get rid of stuff that don't bring you joy is a great idea, but I think obviously like shouldn't be shaming anyone who goes, No, I actually quite like living with me, Clara. Yeah, I mean I think with anything it is a case of you know, just just balance. Yeah. Know, if, you know, just not too much or, or too little of anything. Yeah, exactly. Right, you want a hug? Please, mate, always. Ah, oh. oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's a good hug, mate. Oh. Always, a, always a good end to the night. Yeah, yeah, always, always, yeah. Well, oh. yeah, it's just been lovely, mate. Isn't it just? Yeah, yeah. yeah you go have a nap then. I'm gonna go have a nap. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe have that cup of decaf first. Yeah, cup of decaf. All right, I'll put the uh, put the kettle on. Put the kettle on. Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me most places at Laura K Buzz. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can find my books that are on the internet and available for later in the year. Uncomfortable Labels, which is my memoir. If you are a person who reviews books, drop me a tweet. You can get review copies there already. Um, Uncomfortable Labels is the other one. That's up on Unbound. You've got a little bit of time left in which to get backer rewards if you want those. Um, but yeah, it's a book about butts. Um, things I learned from Mario's butt. Did I not say the title? You said the other title. Oh, did I say Uncomfortable Labels? <laughs> things I learned from Mario's butt is the butt one. <laughs> Uncomfortable Labels is not the butt one. It's not the butt one. It's been a long day. Oh, bless. Oh. You can have um, a nap soon. Yeah, I'm going to have a nap after this. Other than that, I'm on Dice Funk. It's a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. They're all self-contained seasons. Uh, I think that's about it. What about you? Mm. What about you? I, I, I am Maniac Janiac on YouTube and Twitter. I can be found on SoundCloud.com as Jane Eris Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. I'm also on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog, and I will shortly be appearing in, I'll get this right one day, Badly Designated Heroes, uh, which is going to be on the Curiosity Epidemic Network. And Curiosity in Epi- Epidemic uh, is at Curio- Curiosity Epidemic on Twitter. So you can follow there and find out what's going to happen and when we're going to release on that. But hopefully by the end of January, I believe. Ooh. Oh. Well then, until next time, be a stranger. I will. <laughs>